Hello and welcome to this, the Talking Dogs podcast. I'm Graham Hall and I've been working with dogs and their human parents too for over 10 years now. You might know me as the dog father, perhaps you've caught me on television as dogs behaving very badly. Now once that TV show airs, I'm always flooded with requests for advice on how to deal with various dog behavioural issues, so that's why I'm doing this podcast. This is the place where I can answer all of your questions directly, as well as telling a few stories of my own if you'll indulge me. On last week's episode, we talked about the puppy stage of a dog's life. And if you're at that stage, then nuisance nipping is probably something that you've come up against. Ian's in Surrey and he's reaching the end of his tether. Hi, Graham. This is Ian from Camberley in Surrey. We have an 11-week-old Labrador puppy called Mabel who is settling in well and is just beautiful. She's picking up commands very quickly and already getting into a good bedtime routine. But we do have an issue with those razor-sharp teeth. Despite giving her loads of toys, both soft and chewable, when she's overexcited, she does nip and bite, as she would have done with her siblings, I guess. But this obviously hurts, and although we say no and try to distract her with other toys that we think would be more fun, she thinks otherwise. Is this just a phase she will grow out of, or should we try another technique to nip it in the bud? Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, okay, and I'll do the jokes. Thank you very much. It's my podcast. Um, but before I tell you what's going on with Mabel, I want to hear from Alice in Spalding too, because she's got a similar problem, but she's been trying some very different techniques. Hi, Graham. Just looking for a bit of advice. I've got an 11-week-old Cocker Spaniel, male, who's doing really well in most areas. However, he has got a habit now of when he is told no um, for chewing on the sofa or something like that. He's beginning to growl and shake our trousers' legs. He will nip you, um, trying to get your clothing, but often catches your skin and it is biting hard. Currently, we're putting him in a space out of the way um, and not saying anything to him until he's calmed down and bringing him back out. We've also tried redirecting him. We've t- tried turning our backs. We've tried saying no. But obviously, when he nips, it's quite hard and it's difficult to ignore. Any advice, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, well, this is really interesting, isn't it? So we've got two puppies, almost exactly the same age, uh, very different breeds, although both gun dogs, actually, uh, Labrador and Spaniel, and essentially the same problem, nuisance nipping. Let's talk about what it is. Well, it's dogs exploring the world, really. You've got to remember that they don't have opposable thumbs, so they haven't got their hands aren't very handy. So in order to discover what things you know like what the textures are and all of those things they just put everything in their mouth now human babies do too don't they to some extent but with the dogs that's pretty much the only option they've got so they're pre-programmed as little ones to to just go out and nip everything going including you so it just becomes a bit much they need to understand what it's okay to to chew on to nip i.e dog toys and what it isn't the sofa your hand that kind of thing so that's the problem so what's the solution we've got two very different methods so ian and alice are kind of almost sort of opposed in what they're doing ian's trying to distract with other toys and alice is putting the dog in time out so which of those is right 
or are they both right or are they both wrong well let, let's let's go through that so chew toys well i can see you thinking uh and that makes kind of sense um if she wants to nip give her something to nip well that's fine except she's just going right let's take stock of what we got here so we've got one of those chewy rubber things that's great we've got a um, squeaky squirrel i've got a sofa i've got your hand i've got the cushion i've got this you get the point right so nothing about that is actually telling her right from wrong so to speak it's just giving her extra things to go at and there's nothing really that's going to guarantee that she's going to go for the toy that you want so when should you deploy the toy <laughs> right now that's that's the question in my mind timing in other words is really key here so if we've got a dog who's going for your hand or the sofa let's say the sofa so dog's chewing at the, the corner of the sofa and you turn up with a toy and go look 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 it's your favorite toy it's your favorite toy dog then goes oh yeah you're dead right i like that toy what have we done we've rewarded the behavior of chewing the sofa with the toy that's even better so when that toy's not around What's she going to do? It's pretty obvious, isn't it? She's going to go back to the problem that you're trying to avoid because you're rewarding the wrong behaviour. So you've got to get your timing right. When they're biting, whether it's you, your hands, other things, you can't give them the toy at that moment because you'll be you'll be rewarding the wrong thing. So what you do instead is a calm no and just push them off so that when they've moved away and they move themselves away, you might have to repeat this, right? In fact, you almost certainly will that's when you deploy the toy right deploy the toy <laughs> making myself chuckle here um so it'll typically be like this uh, no they go back to it no no you know no you move them back you know one of you is going to give up soon no you know finally oh good girl right so it's clear isn't it nice and black and white that's no this is yes that's the way to do it if you're going to use a toy. So, Ian, if, we, if we're doing it your way, that's the thing. Timing, right? Unfortunately, we often shoot ourselves in, a, in the foot because we've all been told to use this kind of whoopie-doo excited praise with them all the time. Usually when they're nipping, they're already plenty excited, thank you very much. So the last thing you need to do when they simmer down slightly and stop nipping is to rev them back up again with your praise, right? So it's a calmer behaviour that you're after, so your praise needs to be calm. Makes sense, doesn't it? I'd be a bit more, oh, good girl, yes, there you go. And not so much, yeah, woo, whoopie-doo, and all that stuff. Because then it's like, yeah, woo, I've lost the plot. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm going to bite you again. So just think about your praise. Do you want it to be calm or excited? Calmer, I'd suggest. One of the things about puppies is they often target your hands, right? So what they're doing is they're, they're, they're aiming at something that's moving. They're practicing their their hunting skills if you think about where dogs came from and now our natural reaction is to is to whip our hand away of course so the puppy's going for your hand your survival instinct says whoa you beauty i need that hand so you you rip it away as you move it away what does a puppy do no self-respecting puppy is ever going to go oh uh oh well, that's that then i suppose i'll go and settle down with a book no they're not going to give up are they because thousands of tens of thousands of years of instinct have told them that if that prey animal your hand is moving you, you need to nip down harder you need to chase it and catch it quickly so the irony here is their natural instinct to go and nip something that's moving and play that game of hunting is a mismatch with our natural instinct which is whoa save yourself i need that hand the hardest thing really is to train yourself not to move the hand out of the way 
So I know what you're thinking. Well, come on, Graham, we can't do that. <laughs> I'm going to end up with puncture wounds in my hand left, right and centre. Yeah, you've got another hand, right? By which I don't mean don't worry about it, you can sacrifice one. What I mean is you hold that hand steady, right? The dog's focused on that hand. And then underneath that hand, you take your other hand and brush them away. At the same time, say no, like I said before. So they don't see it coming. Because they're focused so much on the hand that they're targeting. So let's call that target hand. So you keep your target hand steady. And with your other hand, right, we'll call that the moving off hand, you move them off. So, uh, no, they come back at you. No, no. And in the end, the hand stood there and you're all kind of going, really? <laughs> they back off. You then go, oh, good girl, that's nice. Or you could be. That's when you do the toy. Don't bite me. Bite that thing. Yeah? Timing again. It all makes sense, doesn't it? So there comes a time when they just lose the plot completely. They become so excited, they go into this little nipping frenzy. And so that's when Alice's technique, put the dog away and, and do a bit of time out, actually comes in. There comes a point when nothing you do, they will listen to. Right. So you might as well go, right, that's it. <laughs> You've blown it. Time out. Uh, calm down. We'll try again in a minute. OK, so once you've got a puppy into sort of growly mode, right, snarling, you know, the kind of thing, right, that's when you would put them somewhere else. So where? Well, you need somewhere boring because we want them to be out there going, I didn't want this to happen. Uh, if they're entertaining themselves, you know, with the toilet rolled up and down the stairs, you, you like that television advert, you're in trouble because that's hilarious. So they need to be bored but safe, basically. So somewhere puppy safe could be potentially, depends what your house is like, could be the utility room, the downstairs loo perhaps, the kitchen even. Don't use a crate because that should be their happy place. We, we don't want to punish them by putting them in a dungeon that's the same place that we want them to settle down and go to sleep at night if you're using a crate, right? But you bring them back in the room once they've calmed down. If you can hear them scrambling around and, and, and barking even or whining or something, don't open the door at that point because then you'll be rewarding that, that sort of scrambling around whining behaviour, right? You want the door to open, the reward... Yeah, when they're being good. So you put them out, you wait for it, they calm down. It might only be a minute, and if it's a minute, great. It doesn't have to be a set time, this, right? They calm down, you go, that'll do. You open the door, right, they come back in, and in fact, in fact you go, right, back to it. Doesn't matter what the words are, of course, they don't understand the lingo, but that's the feeling of it, try again. They then start to bite your hand again, let's say. You go, oh, you've blown it back out. <laughs> Calm down. Okay, come back in. The message then becomes, if you get too excited and lose the plot, I'll put you out. But if you calm down, you can come back in straight away. The reward for calming down is coming in. The punishment, if you want to use that word, psychologists just use it as a, a negative stimulus. There's nothing nasty about this, right? So the punishment for, for, for being too bitey, again, losing the plot, getting too excited, is you're taken out, which you don't want. You want to be in here with us. And you keep doing it. Um, a word of warning on that one. If you're going to use that technique, you're going to be up and down a lot to start with. So I tend to use a combination of Ian's technique. OK, there's another toy. You can have it on condition. <laughs> yeah. And Alice's technique, the timeout. But I'll only do timeout once they've got so excited that they've kind of lost the plot.
So let's whiz through a couple of other things that you might have heard people suggesting as, as solutions for uh, uh, for puppy nipping. Uh, water spray bottles sometimes, um, you know, you get, get one of those garden sprayers and scoosh gotcha every time. Um, I just think with some dogs it can be a bit much. With others it makes no difference at all, by the way. But with those dogs that are really scared of it, you don't want your puppy to be terrified, do you? Come on. I've never really used one. Um, uh, any half clever puppy will realise pretty quickly as well when you don't have the spray in your hand. So you don't want to create a situation where if I've got a garden sprayer in one hand, then you don't nip me. But if, if it's over there somewhere, out of sight, then game on kind of thing. So mm, it's not my favourite technique. Clenching your fist and just holding your fist there and letting the puppy just go at it until they get bored. I have done that once or twice with bigger dogs who are just sort of mouthing a bit, not really proper nasty aggressive stuff but it's really difficult with puppy teeth they are so sharp and you are going to get hurt if you really are going to do it keep your fingertips out of the way and you just need to adopt a, a sort of bored attitude you know in the hope that they get bored too so you're you're there with your fist getting sort of um, turned into a perforated thing by a little puppy and you're going yeah whatever i'm a bothered again it's not my favorite technique i must say there are definitely times when nipping can be attention seeking that a little puppy comes up nips you and you go yeah, yeah and they do it when they were bored you were watching the telly perhaps dogs behaving very badly i could highly recommend that and uh they're not getting the attention so they come up and nip you so with attention seeking if you can ignore it then that's often the best way forward we don't want them to make the connection that if i'm bored and i want them to to interact with me that i'll just go and bite them that would not be a good lesson to be teaching a dog would it Often our natural reaction when a dog's being a bit nippy is to try and calm them down by making them calm. So we'll actively stroke them calmly and say things like, come on, calm down, be a good girl. And of course, that feels quite nice. You can, see I'm where I, you can see where I'm going with that. You know me by there, right? That's a reward, isn't it? So they're nipping and they're like, so if I nip, you stroke me, which feels lovely. And you say nice things that I don't understand, but in a lovely lilting sort of voice. And it's all good, frankly. So if I want to trigger nice mummy, all I have to do is nipper. Mm, not really what you had in mind, is it? The only real way to get a dog to calm down is either to to correct the overexcited behaviours, to tell a no and, you know, the right tone of voice and the right look on your face that says, no, I don't like this. And then when they are calm, that's when you can be lovely. Right, so you reward the calmness that comes afterwards. So don't think I'm calming the dog down, think I'm rewarding with calm praise now that they're calm. Thank you for spending your time with me today. If you're at your wits end with your dog, do send an email or a voice note to talkingdogs at avalonuk.com and I'll always do my best to help you on the podcast. Well, I'll be back here, same time, same place next week, as they never say on a podcast. Um, meanwhile, please do rate or subscribe to Talking Dogs and we can catch up then. Uh, now, here's an idea. Why don't you tell your friends about, about the podcast uh, while your puppies are playing down at the park? Spread the word for me, eh? Take care of yourselves and, of course, your dogs. Bye for now. Bye.